The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. PJ Conrad joins us here at Husker Harvest Days with Trade Us. And a day that uh, if you're a soybean guy, you're, you're feeling somewhat okay. But corn and wheat, not pretty after the WASDE report. Let's kind of look at those numbers from WASDE and what you thought. You know, that you're right. The soybean guys got to be pretty happy today. Really, we went down, put new lows in at 821. Uh, that happened early this morning, probably 9, 10 o'clock, and then we bounced back off that. They came in at a 52.8 yield, uh, only about half a bushel higher than what they did on the August report. That still puts us, though, at 845 million bushel carryout. You know, one of the largest we've had here in quite some time. So regardless of tariffs or where our uh, demand goes and if we get anything done with China, we're going to struggle to really push this thing ahead just due to the massive amount of supply we're going to have. And I think you kind of turn the clock over and you look at the next six months and South America is going to plant more beans due to these tariffs, whether something comes to uh, an end here or not, they're still going to plant more beans. So it's going to continue to be a compounding problem with the beans. But if we do get some talks, and I think we finished up eight on the day, and China is supposed to get back to the table with us and have some talks maybe next week. So a good positive finish. You flip over to the corn, we added three bushel of the acre there at 181.3. And that's really where the kick to the teeth came on corn. I mean, we, we finished down 13 on the days, two cents off the lows, tested the old lows from about a month and a half ago. Um, you know, there's not, I guess, to, to find a silver lining in this corn crop right now is they added 241 million in production. And we only added 90 million to ending stocks, and our carryout is still, you know, 228 million less than what it was last year at the same time, and prices are about identical. So demand's good. So you got to be pretty optimistic that at some point in the next few months we're going to see a pop in this market. I struggle to think that uh, the next 30 days get a whole heck of a lot better though, because there is a good crop out there, and we got harvest right around the corner. And it's just tough to fight that kind of supply anyways, and especially in a, a seasonal time frame where we're going to see pullbacks. As they do start to do that harvest, and they look at the numbers that came out in the WASD report, are you guys going to start doing some comparison of wondering how true are these numbers? Where do we go ahead of October's report? Yeah, I think you got it. And you look at, uh, it's funny, you, you hop on Twitter and you see a lot of people upset maybe about the Pro Farmer Tour, what they came out with for yield versus what USDA came out with now and, and some variation state to state. You know, the big, what, seven, six states that raise corn, the USDA added corn yield to all those in this report. I think they had Nebraska pegged at 198 now. They raised that by two bushel, but some pretty significant jumps in Iowa, I think by four bushel in Illinois, maybe by seven. Um, a lot of variation out there, and, and you got to wonder, you know, trade was looking at, I think, a 177, high 177, but a little bit lower than the August report, I think due to those rains that came across so hard and heavy across most of the Corn Belt in the last 10 days. So to think maybe that hurt the corn, I don't know, but there's going to be a lot of debating here in the next 30 days of where this corn crop's at and a lot of yield talk of, hey, is this, is this crop out there, is it not? And you also have basis running 20 cents weaker, roughly 10 to 20 cents weaker across uh, at least the Western Corn Belt, and soybean basis 40 to 50 cents weaker. So it makes you wonder where are we going to store this corn because guys aren't going to want to take it to town. You're seeing some eastern North Dakota guys going no bid as far as elevators up there. So you're going to probably see a lot of bags out there, a lot of corn on the ground from co-ops and, and other elevators. 
this could be one of the tougher harvests we go to go through really in the recent memory just due to the mass amount of supply we have and our lack of an export market sitting here today. When you talk about those guys wanting to hold the grain back and keep it on the farm, is that going to kind of mess with the numbers as well? I think so. I think anytime you're talking about storing that much grain and obviously basis will come back and bounce back, but you're just going to fight this thing. And we've seen it the last few years. We've gotten rallies, but they haven't been as extreme as people wanted because we have such a, a vast amount of old crop. So really what you need is you need this export program on the corn side to stay ramped up and get even better. And they added to it today, you know, not a ton, 25 million bushels, but every little bit helps that we can get outside of the country. And we're feeding a lot too. And with the government programs kind of stepping in saying we're going to buy some more pork and beef out there, that's going to help with demand. So it's kind of a... I think it's going to take time to digest all these numbers, though. You get to the first of the year, you can start looking forward a little bit more. But A, seasonally, it doesn't tell you that a lot of good things are going to happen in the next 90 days. And B, we got a lot of a lot of grain coming at us in the next 90 days that it doesn't have a great home for. And guys are going to be reluctant to do anything with with tight, tight cash flows as well. Uh, what about the, I know there's been a little bit of tw- Twitter talk as well, the, the storm that's moving in, the hurricane into North Carolina, concerns about the crops that are there, what that could mean, influence on the soybean side. Yeah, you know, they do grow more beans down there. And I think ultimately you hope we, not for those producers, but you hope maybe we have a little bit of a yield leg down there. And also with the rains we've got across the, the Midwest too, if there's more rains that start coming up, at what point is too much too much? Rain makes grain, but we're also maybe looking at some mold in some spots. Uh, this week's been pretty good with the warmer weather and, and wind. You dry a lot of things out, but it looked like a seven-day forecast puts quite a bit of rain back in the forecast next week. You know, at what point is too much too much? And especially like you said, with the hurricane coming, those guys are going to face losses down there. Now, those are your fringe states. So are you really going to see a massive swing in numbers? No, but usually when they say big crops get bigger, it's because of these French states are tapping out some uh, record yields as well. I saw think back to the last time that you and I talked, and last time we talked to folks from Trados, it was all the prediction of an early harvest and that we would see dismal numbers at Husker Harvest Days because guys were going to be in the field. Mother Nature sure turned that around quick. Yeah, isn't it crazy? That's uh, even a month ago, everyone was still thinking, oh, the week after Husker Harvest Days, we're going to be rocking and rolling. But cooler August, uh, we cooled down there. I think if, uh, don't quote me on this, but if you look back at the first two months of summer, we ran, call it, you know, a half a degree to a degree and a half above normal. And the last two months of summer, we ran actually about a half, about the opposite, half a degree below to uh, one and a half below normal. So we cooled off, cloudier weather. Looks like harvest probably starts about the same time. And it, honestly, though, when you're staring down the kind of basis numbers, it's hard not. I mean, you're always excited. You hope the yields are there, but it's going to be tough to get overly excited this year for harvest. All right, stick around, folks. More of the Fontenelle Final Bell comes up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. PJ Conrad joining us right here at Husker Harvest Days from Trados. And during the commercial break, you and I were both uh, scrounging the, the news to see if there was any new news when it came to talks of China. Now, you had read something earlier today about some renewed China talks that could have an influence on these markets. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Secretary Mnuchin's going to try to at least get the higher level people from China over and have conversations. Now, these have obviously not been very exciting in the past two, three months when we've gotten together and had talks. You know, but it could be getting to the point, too, with this. Uh, and I know we talked about the swine fever or swine flu, whatever they're calling it now. Um, that could be pushing their hand a little bit as to 
at what point does our country start looking to outside sources for pork? So you hope these renewed talks, A, I think gave us some good boosts in uh, the, the beans and, and uh, livestock markets, but also gives us just some renewed hope that it's not going to take care of this 845 million bushel carryout we're going to have on beans. What it, what it will do is relieve some of the stress that we're going to have trade again into China. And so anytime you can uh, relieve stress, the market likes that, and it will probably give us a short-term balance, then we can let trade figure out what this crop's really worth and what it should be worth, and that could be debated all day. But until we get this China deal out of the way, we're going to fight this battle. And uh, you know, But like I said, closing above the lows of the day and at uh, finishing up eight of the day is a heck of a close. So hopefully we get some good talks out of it, but I wouldn't hold your breath on it. you got to take, uh, take what's in front of you, not hopes and wishes. So. So in that regard, then, how do you market? How do you market to tomorrow, into Friday, into next week? You know, if, I think if you have to do something as far as, you know, a lot of these elevators are going to no bid or cash contracts only. you got to sell it across the scale. If you're putting yourself in that position where you have to do that, you probably need to look at using some put options here to at least put a floor on things. And also, I think you got to look at sell them. If you're going to have to sell them, take the cash and go buy the board. And then in the event we get something done with China, you'll get a, a seasonal pop there. And then you need to look out and, and say, I'm going to get out. Because you're never going to be satisfied the price when you look back three months ago, four months ago, and you had chances to sell 1030, 1040 cat or, or uh, futures on beans. We're not going to get back to that, barring something unforeseen happening. But our chances of getting back to 9 to 920, I'd say, are maybe a little bit more realistic. So tempering your expectations to realistic numbers is the, big, the first thing you need to do. Second, understand where your downside is and try to get some put options on or sell some options around it to at least try to get some of that value back in your pocket. Jump over and look at the rest of this livestock trade. Cattle market saw some, some decent trade today. Yeah, really good. I think a lot of that, uh, the talks with China is obviously encouraging. And also, you know, you see corn go back like it was. Feed, feed gets a little bit cheaper. Wheat was down too. So every, the whole feed complex got a little bit cheaper today from a cattle standpoint. Uh, we finished up at, what, 111.45. That's from the recent highs we've had. A pullback to 108 It's probably realistic from a chart standpoint. Um, Cattle-wise, you know, we're some of those deferred months, Feb and April, are putting in some contract highs. So if you got animals finishing out that far, it'd be worth looking into what your break-even is and what you can make per head and making some hedges here. Um, corn side of things, you know, just to touch on that and talking about what could what could a producer do. There's big carry in the corn market, so even though right now it doesn't feel like prices are very good, if you can somehow lock that carry if you're putting it in the bin, if nothing else, try to at least do that. I think there's going to be higher prices on corn. I don't know when, but I think there will be. Anytime your, your demand at every report has been continually getting better, and so any kind of yield hiccup, if you're going to be a true bull and expect there to be a yield hiccup, then you got to be excited that our demand's getting better. But the bears won another day, and they've been... Uh, been about four-year winners of these commodity markets too. Kind of turns into a tug of war per se between you know the, the grain buyers and the the sellers. No, it is, and I I uh, I don't envy the guys sitting at elevators trying to buy grain today because when you're talking about uh, you know five-year, ten-year what lows, if not worse, on basis, I mean that's not fun. There's a perceived perception out there that uh, basis is is just stealing it from the farmer, but that's not true. I mean that's a whole uh, whole supply and demand channel that's getting filled and if they could pay more they would they don't like uh, seeing this basis as wide as it is but when you're talking there's no bean demand at harvest and ethanol is having a hard time moving its ethanol stocks and getting those shifted around due to some of these tariffs you're just going to struggle with it and i think people maybe 
thought three months ago this would happen, but didn't really expect it to be as bad as it is. And moving forward, especially the Western Corn Belt, uh, Pro Farmer found that South Dakota crop to be massive. If that's the case, a lot of that's going to start moving south. You're here in eastern North Dakota, go no bid on stuff. So like I said, hold on, get through harvest, store what you can, and look into different scenarios for storing stuff. You know, if you're in a hailed area, try to rent some bin space, uh, rent a bagger, do what you can to tuck it away. It's not a foolproof method, but if you can be disciplined and pick up the basis appreciation and and sell your grain on small rallies, you're going to be happy you did as opposed to having to puke it out here. But if, if you do have to puke it out here, I, the corn, I'd say, is a better opportunity to take to town and reown on the deferred months than the beans. You're just going to struggle with beans with that big a carryout to see beans really take off. So i big proponent of storing beans this year and then looking to, to do something with the corn. So Best way for folks to get a hold of you, PJ. You can call me at 402-858-7529, or you can find us anywhere online at gotrados.com or Trados LLC. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.